Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com. And use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit, EndoDecoded Report, Personalized Cannabinoid and Terpene Suggestion, EndoAligned Product Matching in Your State, Suggested Dosage Guidelines, and Optimum Methods of Administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, EndoDNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeka soft gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeka Unwind, created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. What's up, everybody? It's a Safe Banking Act update. It's in the American Competes Act. What does that have to do with cannabis legalization? Uh, we're going to be talking all about that. Uh, we've got many different stories, some out of Illinois, some out of Texas. Uh, results of the latest effects of legalization on substance use. Uh, Woody Harrelson's opened a dispensary. And there's, of course, our main story uh, on the status updates of the Safe Banking Act. We're going to be discussing the cannabis industry where you need to be 21 or older. Bye. What's happening, Mick? Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. We've made it again. Another Wednesday. Definitely have to thank the viewers, members, and sponsors out there for the subscribes and the likes uh, and their their enthusiasm for the cannabis plant. That's really why we're all doing what we do. Yep, pretty much, bro. And then, so in today's news, uh, Congressman says there's tremendous momentum to pass marijuana banking in bicameral conference on manufacturing bill. Yes, that is good news. That was what we were talking about at the top, the America Competes Act. And so the America Competes Act is, um, what does that have to do? It has to do with manufacturing. Yeah, infrastructure manufacturing, but I thought it also had to do with tech. So the Competes yeah, Act. The silicon chips and, uh, and producing, because it's very toxic to manufacture those. Um, that's, I think, another reason why it hasn't happened a lot in America, because all the regulation to save our water. And then NIMBY can't happen here. Have it happen over there in China or over in Taiwan. And that's where the uh, chips are predominantly made. And again, that's we might not like it. We might think it's icky, but it's a matter of national security. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then it, it is icky. You know, everybody has a phone, right? You're watching us on something that was made mm -hmm. with a, you know, a processor. And I've been in these places that they make it, and uh, it's very toxic. And uh, but you know, it's it, it. Hopefully, we'll get together. But do you think this will pass? Do you think this will ride along and make it all the way? Well, it depends. Uh, if they have made it into, uh, if it's if it has to do with the budget, you need the budget. 
And so like that's when it becomes more important. But yeah, that America Competes Act, it's directing funding to create strategic transformer reserve, facilitating the domestic manufacturing and critical electrical grid equipment to reduce vulnerability and increase resiliency in the event of severe damage to the electrical grid. Yeah, so uh, top A for uh, Schumer says uh, they are working to finalize his own legalization bill. Recently compared, uh, tempered expectations about the prospects of moving marijuana banking through the American Pizza Act. So, I mean, again, it's all wishy-washy talk, right? Like, you know, most people want it, but then we're going to talk about, like, the caca bill. Like, you know, mm-hmm. mine first. You got to get my bill. Why not just ride the same well, banking? Well, yeah, seriously, if you don't have the safe banking... So the next uh, robbery, if somebody gets shot, if some, if they, if you continue to require them to operate in cash, and something goes wrong, well, it's really your fault, you know, uh, Chuck Schumer, for getting in the way of this. They could have had safe banking, and it, but you wanted to have political, and that's the other thing. If they really cared, do you think anybody would be sitting in prison for cannabis? Of course, exactly. Not. You know, they really but they don't care. Yeah. yeah. Well, if they really care, yeah, push the more act through. You know, deschedule and and. and do the corrective justice that needs to be done. Yeah. I mean, uh, how about, oh, this would be a very simple one-page bill. The Get That Out of There uh, Act of 2022. And what does the Get There Out of There Act have 2022 do? It just crosses out the word marijuana from the Controlled Substances Act. That's all it does. We just excise marijuana from the Controlled Substances And then will there be any federal leg- regulation? No. It'll be chaos, madness. Of course, we'll have to go and regulate this stuff. Well, I mean, like that would definitely follow, right? I mean, uh, prohibition when when alcohol uh, uh, ended, uh, the business and structure for another fifteen years. You know, so right. it, it, some it, people it, always talk about. I want a simple one-page bill. That's yeah. a simple one-page bill. Just get. That's all it would do. Just draw a line through it. Well, and then don't forget the parliamentary procedure, though. So you'd have to get it passed yeah. through the House, through the Senate. Right. And then they'd all have to agree. And then, God forbid, it doesn't go through any committees in between. Like, you really need to, like, even if it's one page. One page, one sentence. It's just, we just are going to cross that word out. Yeah. It, it, it's just so much uh, negotiation. And then you guys are going through it right now, right? Oh, yeah. Do we have another main story out of Illinois? We'll get you Illinois story here. We do. Illinois got, oh, man, it's been a heck of a week in Illinois, let me tell you. But uh, how about we do a little bumperino on that one uh we're gonna hit it with with um hmm. oh this is this is very appropriate considering illinois um current state with the two stories that we have to discuss what up everybody cannabis industry lawyer here with big news out of illinois uh they have started to announce the next 60 craft grow licenses and the cases, the super case in particular is moving forward. There's gonna be a corrective lottery in June and that's before the uh, real lottery or the not rigged lottery for the next 50 or 55 dispensary licenses but only to social equity applicants and so they still may get a uh, dormant commerce clause challenge. And uh, let's let's discuss this with Miggy. Miggy, um, did you read that story out of Grown In about how the craft grows are coming? Yeah, I think it's interesting. But I like he say not rigged. Like, isn't aren't they all rigged? Uh, yeah, no, no. Like that's the interesting stuff. You see, like in Illinois, in these opinions that are being handed down, like yesterday and today, uh, they have put safeguards into the next lottery. And so the safeguards, they have to have people there, third party uh, observers, making sure that the lottery happens how they say. 
They didn't have to do that in the first one. But in the uh, corrective lottery, they do have to do it. There's going to be blanks in the corrective lotteries. And so uh, if you would have been in the Cook County lottery, there would have been 900 plus other people in that lottery with you. So if you were just one that was left out, you know, now you're going to have to, again, be 901. That'll be you. So your chances are still pretty far. I I just don't. They're going to do some corrections. Is KPI still part of it? Uh, KPMG is still part of it. That's one of the reasons why they uh, got sent out to there. But, you know, there's been a lot of winners that uh, have come in in Illinois uh, the past week, uh, which is just just great. But, you know, that's part of the failure, though, in Illinois' processes right here, because you already have a supposed third party that's non-transparent. Like that's, you know, you literally have a shadow company running and picking the choosers like you don't have like all you need to do is like bingo balls give everybody a bingo ball put it in the goddamn machine and then wow fairness yeah uh, crook county right nice yeah there's all sorts of good stuff but uh that and then that's the other there's a the corrective lotteries and so that means that the dispensaries that have been held up the 185 those are getting closer to being awarded because they've been issued but they haven't been awarded no they've been awarded but not issued so, hey, you won. Okay, now get in that line and wait. For how long? An indeterminate period of time. Ah. Oh. And so, you know, now they're probably going to have dispensaries. Uh, hopefully, those will uh, be able to get to work here by the fall. It'd be great if it's by June, but there's another case that's holding it up. And so we'll have to go ahead and wait and see what that looks like. And that's why, right, the indeterminate amount of time is because of lawsuits. It's all about. Right. It's all about people. the limited market. The limited market yeah. is creating these lawsuits. I'll have you know that. If there wasn't this limited market and you could just apply to get a license, and then if you if you go out of compliance, if you're undercapitalized, if something goes wrong, you're out. I mean, like you're going to lose your license or you're going to go out of business. But then uh, with the limitation of the license, and that's the other thing, uh, evidently in the secondary market, because people buy and sell licenses, and so in the secondary market, the price of craft grows, I hear, was cut in half. And yeah. that's just uh, and then some people like you talk to, they will say, and these are like operators that are like looking at licenses, trying to get in. And they'll be like, ah, I don't think it's worth more than. And then they, they'll they say like either hundreds of thousands or a million or maybe if they have to pay it over time, a few million. But mm-hmm. it's not that it's worth the, the amount of money that people thought it was worth uh, a year ago when there was only 40 of them you know well there's nothing like having money that you can't spend i mean that's what you're at if you're creating these uh limited markets and and people can't you know participate that it's ridiculous so then these people who own the licenses do you have to own do you still have to have property if you have a license uh i don't know what you mean by property well, do you I have to have real estate or yeah, do you have to real estate to say this is where my 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 license is attached to or do you Eventually, have to yes. like and so with the grow the, the Department of Agriculture license, you didn't have to own it, but you had to have like the right to get it and then the right zoning and the municipal approval. So in that respect, yes. If you were getting a dispensary, no, because it was just divided by uh, you know, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, BLS region of the state where people live Hmm. and then they'd be like we're having this many dispensaries in that bls region win a dispensary find where you're going to put it yeah just again you have to have deep pockets to be able to play in that game at least over there you know just to wait it out it's ridiculous Mm -hmm. 
Well, and then yep. you guys have your equity uh, going on too, right? Oh like yeah, and then there was a good, there was a great story out of MJ Biz about Illinois social equity, and then this again gets to the issue of the limited license aspects. So these limited license aspects has to do with you know, well, uh, there's only so many licenses. There was 40, and then they're in the process of issuing another 60. That means in a state of almost 13 million people. How many people get to go into the cannabis industry and farm uh, cannabis? 100. Uh, that's it. And so that, that doesn't include the MSOs, the really huge ones. The, the craft grows are small, but they can be. And in this story, they talk about it, about how much it's going to cost. And it's anywhere from like 10 to 12 million, 8 to 12 million, somewhere in there. It really depends on your configuration and what you're trying to accomplish with all that but that expense and then there you go how many infusers are there only 52 how many transporters 82 and how many yeah. clients do those transporters have zero how many of those infusers are in business zero where can they buy their they can't extract weed and then zero of those growers are in business as well oh they're in business but they aren't in operation and so right. they're they're raising their capital or they're building their facilities but they aren't actually in business you know they're they're not operating and then they, they talk about in here, and they have some great quotes from all sorts of uh, cool people that I've met. And um, they talk what? about the line of credit that the state has. It's given you a method to apply for it. And they say that they're supposed to approve it, but nobody's gotten any money from it. You know? Yeah, that's what I mean, it's what it's been two and a half years since you guys uh, legalized recreational it's use. Free. And then three, three years, 2019. And that was part of it, right? This 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 fund that was going to help this uh, uh, franchise people to become a part of this million dollar game, but right, if, if they haven't given any any money out, how's that going to happen? Right, and so you you've awarded social equity applicants who disclose like a private equity raise or something, you know, thinking that you know we get the license, it's, it's got this money, we'll be able to raise it, and because it's a limited market state, you know, they're everybody's complicit in this this idea of the limited market state. Uh, and so then, um, you know, so how are you going to pay your overhead and stuff? Well, there's there going to be loans. And so right, well, you, get, you get the thing and then you start applying for the loans. Where are the loans? Nobody's getting the loans. And then uh, and then we're here and then they just start dumping more licenses. And then the asset, the license asset that you're trying to use to collateralize to raise money it's lost its value or like halved in value. Yeah. And then you have to pay your dues again. And it's just like, man, um, meanwhile, Oklahoma's got like 12,000 of these things, you know? Yeah. Well, and it's like the, the rule makers are drunk, right? Like first they're, they're drunk with power. Then they're just drunk because they don't know how to regulate a plant, right? Like in Oklahoma, they're, they're slowly trying to get that right. They just enacted C to sell tracking, which is still not going to help anybody. Like their whole reason for it is disparaging to be like, Oh, we're trying to prevent diversion. Whereas, you know, CSL is good for inventory purposes. Period. It's not a, it's not a way to prevent like like stuff leaving. No, no, no. Seed to sale is also very good for the taxes, and so not only is it very good for the taxes. You see, there's algorithms involved in the cannabis industry. Of course, there's algorithms involved in everything in 2022, uh, and therefore, right, right. based on your canopy size or your plant count, you are able to derive how much product should have been harvested. I see kind of sort of yeah I agree but also the thing they're trying to prevent they can't prevent because say you have a, a tag on each plant and then say 
the following week, I clip a branch off each one for a clone to be in my other grow, like two stories down. Like you're not preventing diversion, but yeah, you're you are creating that. Like we want to know how much revenue you're getting, but right. that's what the point is. I mean, the, the diversion. Okay, fine. Now remember that clone technically is hemp if the source for rule doesn't exist. Yes. But also um, the tagging requirements and then the canopy requirements for the plants. And so, like, what is a plant? And so, a plant when it's a clone doesn't count as a plant. A mom may count as a plant. It may not because then it's is it a mature plant? Well, a mom's clearly it's mature, but like she's she's not in flower. That's the point. Um, the regulations are kind of screwy and that's why I like the canopy size because if you have a canopy size the plants that you put in there you're trying to harvest those yeah. you know you're not doing R&D you're harvesting those plants oh, right right and but well, then it's it, it makes that algorithm easier because now you have a defined space and, and you know what your output volume is and so you know how much should have gone through there if they they're doing it right and then how much tax you should have collected you know well, that's the question, right? The doing it right part. Like everybody, it, it, there's still this trial error, right? Like I've learned the hard way just recently uh, about lighting cycles. Like, um, I, I don't know if I, I showed you those two clones that I got. Uh, they, I had these two clones about three weeks ago I bought, and I just put them on my windowsill. And uh, now they're starting to try home, and they're still only like this. I think I'm growing an eighth, and that's because of lighting eighth. cycles. Oh, my gosh. Wait, wait. What? But like you're in Seattle, and so right now it should be light all the time in Seattle. It is. There's no it's, way that they should be going into flower. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like I put them on the windowsill, so like the past month they've been going through like uh, light. You know, it wasn't as dark as it was always, and so they started like sharing trichome. I'm like, oh no, no, I'm growing an eighth. Like this, I should have. My my buddy even told me, and I was like, "No, nah, I don't. Even, I'm not. I'm not worried about it. I always grow them out in the backyard and throw them outside, and they grow. But that's because I, I usually plant in April, and then I'm I'm going from the seed to plant. Whereas I started with a clone, and the mm -hmm. clones are ready to go, and I should have put them in a dark room or something. You know, like FYI to people with getting clones. Yeah, light cycles important. <laughs> yeah. Some people will be like, of course it is. And other people will be like, what's a clone? And then those are the people that are like, how did you even find cannabis legalization news? You don't know what a clone is? What the heck? Yeah. Yeah. But again, you know, not everybody has a chance to grow. And then you you fuck up and learn the hard way, man. That's you certainly can. You certainly can. Hey, um, you want to do some stock news? Yes, we have stock news. Wait a minute. Let's uh, let's fumper for just it's a moment. Almost. Yeah, there you go. In the sense that... Um, those things do it. happen, you know, where uh, it's the stocks are, are, are interesting. But then um, I'm, I'm kind of still pretty excited about how Illinois is finally getting going. But um, the two stories of Oklahoma versus Illinois over the past three years are that's the difference between an open open license structure and a limited license structure. Uh, cost, like and delay. cost and delay. I mean, you're, you're standing in the way of supply and demand. You're standing in the way of free market economics. That's and it. when you do that, you know, wh who do you think is going to get left in the dust? The ones that weren't allowed to compete. And there's no winners in this, right? Especially for the consumer. There's no variety. There's no... for winning in Oklahoma. Yeah. And they, they know what it is. It's 420 somewhere. Get the bumper. There you go. Wait, that's it. Wait.
That's right. Collateral base. We're back. We're finally open for business. And if you guys uh, haven't, you should go over to CannabisIndustryLawyer.com and see if you aren't qualified to get in the cannabis industry. And then you'll come into contact with our collateral base new portal that we have. And that takes you to our menu of services. And so this is where I'm going to help people start the company, you know, run the company, get the investors for the company, uh, sell the company, get rid of the company, all those nice things that you need in the life cycle of a business, you're going to be able to find it at a collateral base. It'll probably take me another, oh, it'll take years to, to get it all filled out with all the various things because like a, a company is, is not alive, but I mean, it has things that happen during its life cycle. You know, when you start it, you do these contracts. And then when you get assets, you do loan documentation very often. Or when you get investors, you do subscription agreements or mm. EPMs, depending on how much money you're asking, how sophisticated. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying building out the library of services that the cannabis companies all need, the, no matter what jurisdiction you're in. I mean, LLCs are everywhere now. So, well, yeah. well I think it's great that you mentioned the, the, the end of the company, too. So, like, I was at a, uh, you know, like, I followed into this weird uh, part of like cannabis media, cannabis journalism, right? And so I, I pop up in different things because sometimes I'm curious and I want to know like what's it about. And I went to an investor meeting here years ago before pandemic, and uh, uh, literally some really good uh, products that they're pitching. And one of them was uh, uh, they were asking for half a million for like this cartridge, vape cartridge. But then I asked some of the investors, some of the people with the money, the well-to-do people. I said, what? What is it in the pitch? What what helps people? Like, what do I need to understand about like what you're looking for? And one of the things was an exit strategy, which in cannabis for me it's hard to wrap my hand around because of the activism I've been doing. It's like mm-hmm. I've been doing all this stuff out of like passion or whatever, you know. And you know, in the end, I know like if I, I'm not going to ever make money unless I make something like a book or something, right? I don't have a product to sell. Yeah. yeah. So like. And even in the end, if I did have a business, I wouldn't want to exit out of it because I'd want to give it to my kids and let them fuck it up. I mean, whatever it is, that they're gonna, you know what I mean? Like, well, they have that same concept even in uh, now in the cannabis industry. They call it generational wealth because, yeah. like, when I and I have a kid, and so I'm gonna screw with her uh, her brain one year. I'm gonna be like, honey, um, don't worry about anything. I've secured your future. Here is a laundry mat. I have bought you a laundromat. Nobody buys a laundromat or like a bar. Oh, don't worry about it. I bought a bar. My kids, my kids, kids, my kids, 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 kids. They're going to be just fine because we had this bar. Yeah. But bars go out of business all the time. Oh, yeah. But for whatever reason, they think that if they have a cannabis license forever, money. Uh, oh, yeah. The generational wealth aspect. Well, that's a lottery ticket, right? But in, in the end, you're essentially just owning either a farm or a store, right? right. Like, like that's the generational pass down. It's like, Okay, you're either going to be a really good farmer, or here's how you operate a business store. Uh, we're going to be the next Apple, or whatever the case thing that's going yeah, on. But that that makes you feel like people, farmers are gamblers too. Haven't you ever heard he bet the farm? Oh, and yeah. so that doesn't mean the farm's going to be there if somebody then let's say two generations down, you have a piece of shit gambles the farm. It's gone. That you made it. You made it two generations, uh, and so it was your kid's kid who fucked it all up. Well, in, so this, in many ways, it's your fault because it was your kid's kid that fucked it. <laughs> but it's funny how we, 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 we're, we're talking like now we're about to talk about pot stocks. And you got these huge MSOs that are just like, you know, and again, that's the what we're about to talk about are people who are of wealth, like who are involved in this part of the side of things. Right. It's not 
me and my Robinhood account or or my my publicity my public account. It's it's not my one two shares that's going to make a dent in these fuckers. So, uh, but I have two uh, two things to talk about. Let's see. Where's the uh? This should be all you though. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, do you have the thing queued up? I'm kind yep. of zooming in on Barron's. I can put mine in then because it's like that one. And so uh, yeah. there you go. Bright green stock made its trading debut. Here's how the cannabis company did. Reporting out of Barron's magazine. And if you haven't, I used to be a subscriber. No longer am, but I used to be. Uh, and so bright green is a cannabis producer that began trading on Tuesday in the first direct listings. This is a different from an initial public offering. This is you just directly get listed onto it. So the NASDAQ on Monday issued a, an $8 reference price for the direct wow. listing. That right there is pretty much saying that it's not really being traded on NASDAQ if they have a reference share. Wait, or, or is it literally trading on the NASDAQ? So they're literally on the NASDAQ as themselves, not as part of a MSO. Uh, but again, it, a reference price. And so that may or may not be a thing. But uh, it, a lot of the other stocks that are trading that are MSOs, they're all listed in Canada. And then let's see if we can pull up this ticker, if I can just Google it. Uh, uh, oops. Oh, but there they're a drug is. company. That's why. They're a drug company. There you go. Yeah. Bright Green Orchard shares. So it's a, it's a drug company that evidently has a cannabis production license, but they aren't uh, they aren't issuing new shares. And so these these shares existed. So they were just directly listed on the exchange so that you can uh, start buying them and trading them now. So, but you couldn't, you'd have to have it already? Yeah, right. And, and so direct are listings are different from traditional public offerings and they level a playing field for investors and give companies another path to go to the public. Uh, and so instead of raising funds by doing an initial public offering and a direct listing, existing shareholders have the stock and then just start selling it, which means the company doesn't receive any money. Do you know who does? Do you know who gets to make the capital gains? Shareholders. That's right. Yeah. Shareholders made the money. Shareholders made the money on this one. Uh, and so that is pretty cool uh, when you see what they're doing on that one. But uh, and then here's the other reason why you would want to do a direct listing. Not a lockup period restricting shareholders from offering their securities. So uh, listing it today, selling out of it tomorrow, super rich by lunch. You know? Oh, wow. So but this is the time a thing that only if you already possession, you can get rid of. And people who are acquiring it now are kind of like people like me at the end, like, Oh, now I got this eight dollar stock, um, but I have to hold yeah, on to yeah. it. You can, you can, you can look at some comps. There was a couple others that did it. You know, there's also Coinbase, which uh, if you want to see the chart of Coinbase. You should. Um, yeah. Let's see if we have the chart of Coinbase that we can easily get up. Uh, oh, okay, no, no, I can't. I guess not. And is this the Coinbase? No, that's that's not it either. Is it? Day. Oh, there it is. So it's that. But I don't know how to get rid of this stupid ad that's in the way. Yeah. So like it's it's traded between three hundred and sixty eight and forty dollars, and then right now it's at about sixty three dollars a share. Wow! So it's, uh, it it really just dropped like a stone recently, uh, and then same with Warby Parker. And so uh, mm. if we check out Warby Parker's chart, and then know that this terrible thing that you can't you can't exit out of. And so that's one of the reasons why you know Barron's magazine was written by somebody who's in their seventies. Okay. Uh, so that's that's traded from 60 on the top to all the way down to 15. So that's been cut into uh, 25% as well. Yeah. So uh, 
also in uh, pot stock news, um, I got this one in from Canada. Rural cannabis sets more closures, selling sun greenhouse at fraction of costs. Nice. So you paid a lot more than you sold. So that's uh, buying high and selling low. And this is the Canadian-based company that was like number one for the um, uh, for the suppliers because of just the way their, their market is. Which I don't understand. You own market, yet you still suck and lose business. <laughs> I don't get it. You pretty much have a monopoly, and they yeah. they suck so hard. Well, they made a lot of mids, and they charged too much for them. Yeah. Well, they, they probably hired a bunch of like no name growers, you know, because a lot of people who are good growers want to just grow their own. But they are definitely downsizing. They're trying to be profitable now. So. They are. They're trying to be profitable, which is interesting. That only now. Why now? Why not three years ago? Yeah. Was that the whole point of being Why didn't you start trying to be profitable? Well, no. The first way that we started was by going by a direct listing and getting our stock listed for as much as we could. Then we just started selling the stock. Well, I, I guess, you know, in, in, when it comes to cannabis, like investment and behind the scenes stuff, it's either going to be a grift, right? It's going to be a short, like, pull the rug, get the hell out. I made my money. Or it's going to be something that's going to be a long longevity thing that you have to uh, you know, they're, they're invested in kind of like Lagunitas, you know, it's a, they're owned by the, the employees, you know, stuff like that's what you have to look at when you look at a company, I believe. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I think we can uh, roll on into the next segment on that one. International. International news. United States Customs and Border Patrol admits Canadian cannabis workers not barred from entering the United States. This is being reported out of the Cannabis Business Times. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah. But I'm curious, I mean, though. So it says Canadian workers aren't barred from coming to the United States. But I, the issues we've had are Americans going to conventions in the legal country and getting turned around or being harassed. So I wonder, how's it look for Americans coming in, though? Well, yeah, that's that is kind of strange. And I'm not sure if that's really the uh, what the uh, article is actually discussing. It's, yeah. I think it's another example of the episodic uh, rather than the coherent policy at the federal level. Now, it doesn't matter if Canadians are violating their state law or the, the United States laws regarding cannabis. They'll just kind of wave them in. Well, they should. I mean, America has a, 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 a policy of uh, respecting other countries' rules, right? So, in the military, when we deploy, all the guys that were twenty or under twenty-one were very excited for all the countries that they could drink in afterwards. Oh yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, I know because now they they the the age to drink must have been lower in those countries. I'm assuming than it's 21. eighteen and over most countries. You know that's. Um, but it's kind of funny, right? Where's the morality, right? We're, we're going to let the soldiers drink and get drunk out in town. But as soon as we get back in the state line, sorry, it's uh, uh, you're now prohibited and you get in trouble for underage drinking and you're a bad person. But yet overseas, you were good to go. Overseas, you were good to go. But uh, episodic enforcement of the cannabis laws. Having uh, Canadians that work in the cannabis companies go back and forth between the United States and Canada is just fine. And so does that mean that the opposite's true? Will the Canadian uh, border people detain Americans that are in the cannabis industry 
where will the U.S. Border Patrols detain Americans that are in the cannabis industry when they try to get co- go to Canada on a business trip and come back? No. Canada's very strict, man, like when it comes to like different things. For example, you know, for, for someone who works in tech, I can't get a job in Canada uh, in tech unless they first search for that job within all the Canadian citizens and they can't find anybody for my particular position. Then I can yeah. get a job there. But do you know who is funding this? Uh, Canadian cannabis companies, obviously. However, it's Seattle law firm Davis Wright Tremaine. Shout out to them. And numerous attorneys for the CBT. I'm assuming that's the Customs and Border Patrol, the U.S. Customs and Border Patrol. See right there, that's where I would have dropped the paren USP or CPB, uh, define it that way. Uh, No, participating in the legal Canadian cannabis industry does not bar you from entry into the United States. So uh, I'm assuming a lot of Canadians were maybe getting messed with, and then they hired this nice law firm out of Seattle to write several polite but firm uh, letters to the Customs and Border Patrol and even file an action. Did they file any actions? Lawsuit. There it is, 2019. Do they have a copy of the lawsuit? I always love when they have a copy of the lawsuit. Oh, yeah, that's your lawyer porn. Yeah, you know, that's Pacer. Pacer is uh, free complaints. It's like, well... I wonder what that complaint looks like. Well, just go get it. Okay. You know, uh, that is great. That's the, an aspect of federal court that's amazing. For example, if I want to do like a brief about 10th Amendment dormant commerce clause cases and how we can just fuck up some shit with uh, limited market states just to, you know, say, get out, get this out of the way. Just turn yeah. yourself into Oklahoma. Um, you look at the 10th, not the 10th Amendment, dormant commerce clause in uh, the, the commerce clause. And so these are restrictions that they're getting in the way of interstate commerce. You're not allowed to do that. Well, what's the like? What's the fundamental for like? You know, there's so many hot topics now going on, and, and legalization has always been that same states bullshit. But like, why should where I'm born, what state I'm living, dictate my rights as a citizen in the United States? Like, and overall, like it, it shouldn't be right. I thought we were united. <laughs> it's just silliness, though. Uh, yep. just, uh, we got an article on the grown in. Oh, another article about a grown in. Is this uh, in that bumper under the international? Uh, no, this one's uh, enacting laws, voter initiatives. Ah, that's in trending. Yeah. What time? But uh, yeah, let's do one more and then I think we play name that strain. Okay. I think. Well, do we want to do the grown in? Let's 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 just do the trending and do report the thing from Gondrepreneur. We already had a grown in article uh, earlier sure. on in this program. So we can just skip that one and then go to uh, the Woody Harrelson one. Yep. Right on. All right. I'll, I'll click the trending. You eat. All right. Thank you, entrepreneur. So Woody Harrelson opens West Hollywood Canvas Dispensary and Lounge. Lounge. That's awesome. Uh, Campus Advocate opened dispensary in on-site consumption lounge, bar, and restaurant in West Hollywood. Actor and longtime cannabis advocate Woody Harrelson last opened the doors in his West Hollywood, California business, a cannabis business, uh, The Woods. It's appropriate name. Yeah, that's uh, exactly what you'd think uh, Woody Harrelson would name his cannabis dispensary, The Woods. That's so dope. And it's, the fact that it has a lounge, too, right? I mean, I really, really want to go there now. Do they have any uh, images on the Gondrepreneur article about how uh, Woody Harrelson's new, it's a dispensary with a lounge? How, no, how, not, oh, but, no oh, images, know, but according so, to so the eater. Right. Huh? 
lounges they're trendy oh well there's a there's a building in la that is devoted to nothing but cannabis like there's there's <laughs> lounges and, and cafes in there uh but in west hollywood and other celebrities including rapper jay-z have invested in a business in the city uh yeah no just 16 total cannabis consumption lounges oh my goodness that's that, that's what's expected to be in west hollywood by the end of the year 16 mm-hmm. lounges that's amazing dude did you see also in training okay well um that's still 16 lounges that's not bad uh that's that's how many bars are in la Probably hundreds or thousands you know but yeah. it's a start it's you got to start somewhere in 16 something you know, uh, and I and I appreciate that. And I hope that there's going to be some cannabis lounges in Chicago. Right now, they're all like on the uh, QT. You know, uh, they're all secret little clubs and parties and invite only. Uh, there are cannabis lounges in, in downstate or outside of the, the city. I'm not sure if I know of anyone in the Chicago proper yet. Well, nothing official, right? It's all weekend and odd type places. But I think this will keep changing. Did you see the other trending news? Canvas was trending two days ago on Twitter. And uh, it was because of Kevin Durant. Yep. So Kevin Durant uh, did this interview uh, with uh, uh, David Letterman. Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, Check out this little snippet. Let's see if we get it. We shouldn't. uh, To me, it clears the distractions out your brain a little bit. All right, let's stop there. All right. So the 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 big uh, hoops uh, the big who to do is that so at that moment you know uh, David Letterman's asking him, like you know what does cannabis do for you how are you he's like I'm high right now <laughs> like <laughs> you know what I mean like this is the kind of like representation people need to see and be like okay Kevin Durant one of the top NBA players athletes uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, uses it for medicinal and still top is a top performer you know. It's, yep. Pain relief, you know, as well. Uh, hey, uh, so did um, Kareem. They had that, that uh, show Winning Time about the Showtime Lakers on HBO Max. And oh, right, right. They were smoking uh, joints in that one. Uh, but uh, I'm glad that they're normalizing it more. Now they just need to normalize it more. <laughs> hey, I'm just tired of, like, this constant, like, end the stigma shit. It's like, by now people should get it. By now you should understand, like, probably your neighbor... If we You're, did an end the stigma episode, do you think we get flagged? I, dude, we get flagged. We're just even just talking. We're not even smoking throughout the whole damn thing. Like I give up on trying. Prisoners on, yeah. We get flagged. Yeah. For, yeah. Ooh, it's, it's just so frustrating. So frustrating, folks. You know, you try to you try to change the cannabis laws, and then there's a cannabis law staring you right in the face, going like, ah, not doing it. Staying right here. You know, stink on ice, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. I'm an AI. I'll just ping you uh, about everything, and then you're wrong because yeah. you just spoke. Uh, yeah, no silliness, though. But yeah, let's do a name of stream. Awesome. Let's uh, go. Right? Are you ready? Ding ding. There's a strain, and that's uh, this is a very. This is not. Uh, a legacy strain. This is not an heirloom strain. If anything, this would be like one of those sizzle strains where it, it's it's almost a marketing strain. You know, that's, it's uh, yeah. And so, like, this is a a brand play. Let's call it that. Let's see, it was cultivated in 2011. Hmm, that's amazing. His roots go back further than I would have thought. Uh, and whose roots is that? Well, you see him sometimes. He's in the news very often. Got podcasts. Yep. 
He's got a podcast. That would be a hilarious one. I wonder if we uh, could get get us on the show. Can he get you on his show? That would be awesome. I would love to be on this man's show. Uh, he recently, I mean, like, there's so many clues you can give out, and then like it'd be like like that, like true. He was just in the news like last week. Well, I know, and he's in the news a lot, and he's in the news for 420. He's got a brand. Yeah. Um, it's one of those deals, and so let me just kind of pull up the uh, explanation to see. Hmm. Pungent diesel aroma is what the aroma is, and then uh, punch of indica effects. There, uh, those two things is more than enough hints for everybody on that name, that strain. Uh, you know, I, I think. But is anybody coming up with it? Jack Error? No. Wedding wordplay. Wordplay. Hemp rocks. Sixteen minute behind. No, it's not that. Master Kush. It's got cushies in it. I'm sure. Not animal cookies like this. This is a real branded strain play, and so I'm not sure if uh, animal cookies would be that. Sure to knock you out. <laughs> sure, it's sure to knock you out. There you go. <laughs> Who are we describing? It can only be this guy. I really do. Yep. There we go. Wow, is it full? This is full on. Yeah, it is. It's either Tyson or Mike Tyson. What they call it. Known as Mike Tyson or Tyson OG or Mike Tyson OG. This is an indica weed strain who's an undisputed champion, purportedly. Uh, named after the former un- indisputed and undisputed heavyweight champion of the world, Mike Tyson. This strain is sure to knock you out, at least with puns. Um, and then it says pungent diesel aroma. And I'm like, oh, I'm not sure if a diesel's really a, a knockout strain. Diesel's usually kind of stimulating for me, but I'm a weirdo. Punch of indica effects, you know, some cushy, punchy, you know, juicy kind of berry types of indica. Those are nice. Dulling yeah. pain, uh, stress and insomnia. Not intended for first time users. No, no. Well, I mean, Canna Clinic's signature strain since its inauguration in 2011. So I wonder when Tyson OG um, got word to Mike Tyson. Like, so what came first? Tyson OG, or, or uh, when did he get into the game? Did, did the well, strain predate him in the game, or has he been in the game since 2011? He's been smoking since he was fighting. Like, he okay. talks about his cannabis consumption all the time. Like, even when he was a kid playing with pigeons, he was uh, smoking weed. You mm-hmm. know, and I imagine that he definitely had his hand, you know, with the grow. You know, yeah. You got that Probably level of celebrity. Yeah, celebrity is nice. Uh, that man's the most famous person in the world though man he is like that level of celebrity not so much like mild celebrity is nice where some people are like yes. oh that person got recognized that's kind of interesting um maybe he's in politics or something but you know the, when you're just painfully like every like that that one thing where he was punching that guy who was oh just annoying the shit out of him like you yeah. know that that's the level of celebrity he is like people will just annoy the shit out of him you know well they they feel like they know you right there and there yeah, it is bizarre, uh, and so is the history that we get to talk of. Oh, I yeah. like this story. This is a, a real OG when it comes to cannabis history. Yes. Uh, do we have the? It's in a Wikipedia. Up. We got that. Do you yep. have the Wikipedia ready to go? Let's do it. Oh, dude, you're gonna need to blow that way up before we pop this. Yeah. I mean, like, unless I mean, this is like the worst eye ch- test that I've ever seen, and, and we're sharing the, the Wikipedia page about. Uh, this nice guy, and so let's do the the bit. 
Hey, uh, Miggy, I was thinking, um, who do you think discovered, you know, weed in, in the most like patronage infused, like, look at this. I discovered this. I am a white guy completely ignoring everything else. When do you think Western medicine, very often referred to it as a, uh, uh, the, the power of cannabis was discovered? Well, it was also very European, not, not, not American, but, uh, uh, Irish. Irish? Oh, I'm 73% Irish. So you could be 73% weed. <laughs> I guess. I, I may be related to William Brooke O'Shaughnessy, who uh, was born in Limerick, Ireland, and he was an Irish physician famous for his wide-ranging scientific work on cannabis from his time spent in India. His medical research was then development for the intravenous therapy and introduced therapeutic cannabis sativa to Western medicine, by the way. It's that medicine that, you know, just kind of looks at all other medicine in a very condescending, kind of like, we're Western medicine. Well, opposed to like the, the, the Chinese medicine that was being used a thousand years before this, right? Correct. <laughs> like that's that's what I think, you know, this guy discovered cannabis, you know, it's like, wait a minute. What are you talking about? You know, I discovered uh, it in India where everybody was yeah. using it. Right. It's kind of like uh, that's that's the most colonial way to say that, you know, I came up with this. What do you mean you came up with it? Well, I introduced it to Western medicine. Oh, OK. How do you think I find most of the memes that I use on our page? I, I don't uh, I you, you find them. the picture of the guy going like this. I discovered your meme. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, man, uh, 1809 to 1889, this man lived 80 years and uh, uh, was a cannabis medicine, and, and, you know, medicinal, you know, uh, one of the forefronters, at least when it came to the Western uh, culture, right? Like, I mean, there is a defined culture, at least. Well, you know, uh, kind of scroll down. Look at this. Look what he, because uh, it's, it, that's just, if you go back, if you go further down into it, yeah. in the 1840s and stuff, what did he do when he was in Calcutta? Whereas he was a member of the medical and physical society of that, and he was publishing works in there. Let's see, is that where he talks about yes. the uses of it? Uh, what were these uses that they say? Reputation for cannabis were successfully relieving pain of rheumatism, stealing convulsion of infants, uh, eventually popularized its use, uh, helped for muscle spasms, tinnitus, and rabies. That's pretty rabies. Tinnitus. Is that tetanus or tetanus? No, yeah, that, that might be tetanus. T-E-T-A-N-U-S. Yeah. And he observed that uh, cannabis mixture reduced uh, symptoms of spacity and their suffering. And spacity, once again, is uh, the meaning of being spacious. No, it's uh, skeletal performance with a combination of paralysis, increased tendon reflexor activity, and hypertonia. Uh, it goes on. Also known as muscle stiffness. It goes on that he couldn't cure the, the, the tetanus, but he observed the cancer mixture reduce the symptoms of, of so like I think most people like Phil when when we talk about wellness and cannabis, you know, it's it's not a cure all. It's a help all, right? Like it'll just help you get through a moment, a thing, uh, uh a pain. You know, it helps you deal with it better. It's not gonna hundred percent fix everything. You know, that's part of I think problem problems with like early activism like rso and all that stuff where you know you see the signs and I, and I do believe it like campus cures cancer and all this stuff you see them but then it's like very you're like that's a hot topic and a very big thing to say without like right. a lot that of is a specific disease and a specific benefit tied to a specific chemical yeah uh, those types of things uh, i try to avoid um, but it's interesting that for certain aspects of it 
the palliative care aspects, the pain relieving, the medical efficacy aspects of it. And they say like, we need more studies. We need more studies. It's like, oh, you mean like studies? Like Dr. O'Shaughnessy, or like we should we should do it more patronizingly. Dr. O'Shaq Hennessy was doing back in the 1840s in Calcutta. You haven't heard of that? And then so you can, and then before then you'd be like, and then in Chinese medicine and in uh, Ayurvedic medicine, um, man. It, and so the that it's still where it's at, and like there's so much stigma around it, and so much misconception and disbelief, and and it's still it, it's still a Schedule One drug. Well, I think even within the activism, it, it gets kind of muddled in because, you know, when I first really started doing this at, at 17, it was because I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to, you know, like I'm not a bad person. Of all the things I do, you know, the weed should not be anything to be judged me by in my life. But then as you get older and then like one time uh, as I was you know, early writing and, and getting lots of attention uh, early, like MySpace days. I had a guy send me like a video of like him. He had an MS. He was in wheelchair bound. And then uh, he shows me a video of him smoking and he gets up and, you know, he's able to walk. And, you know, it's kind of hard to wrap your head about like, okay, this fucking healing plant does heal people and it helps them like actually stand and walk or not stutter or, or seizures. And there's so many conditions of with the endocannabinoid system that like I can't wrap my head around everything but i can mm-hmm. accept it and say yeah i believe it does help you and it's not my position in life to judge you yep yeah <laughs> shout out to larry o'hearn on that one he's uh, one of the founding owners of a uh, illinois brand called nature's grace and well wellness and back when the medical got in and illinois is an agricultural state he got one of the licenses and he was he's raised cattle you know cattle farmers uh, and then when he started farming cannabis uh he made these great comments. You know, they were very um, glib. He's like, you know, I've never had any of the people who buy our cows say, oh, Mr. O'Hearn, that T-bone steak saved my life. But uh, I have heard that about people who have bought my cannabis and they had the weirdest names, like the Ooga Wooga Wookie Cookie. I'm like, ah, hilarious. Like he was the business guy who believes in the plant. Uh, Maybe not like, about the culture or whatever that even means what it is about the culture i mean if you have a relationship yeah. and enthusiasm with the plant you got enough culture in my book yeah but uh but to be that, like that yeah. where yeah he's a farmer and then like you see the power of it because you're in agriculture and nobody like nobody ever said oh that apple idea that just changed my life saved it and everything but when you have good cannabis and you need it and you're in pain and you have a legitimate treatment option for cannabis and you get it. Yeah. Seriously, the, 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 what is it, the anti-helesion, uh, the decompression, you know, the, the, so many things it does. And then they want to cry about more studies. Whereas more it's, studies. It's, it's, oh, like the what Dr. Roshak Hennessy did back in the 1840s. Right. But then, of course, you know, this new uh, marijuana moment, we got another article. Is this trending or anything you want to click on? Or Oh, let's check it out. Let's see here. Oh, I know what this is. We're This is the was not expecting. Let's hit that. That's right. You know, Miggy and I, in our reporting on the cannabis legalization news, sometimes find things that we were not expecting, at least ironically. And this is one yes. of them. What does it say, Miggy? Marijuana legalization linked to decreased use of alcohol, nicotine, and opioids. New study finds. Oh, that was something I wasn't expecting. Right. Oh, look at those pretty plants. 
legalization marijuana legalization associated with decrease of alcohol researchers at the university of washington analyzed data on substance use trends from 2014 to 2019 finding that people age 21 and 25 are less likely to consume and arguably more dangerous drugs post-legalization oh my gosh the children they are learning they're learning that there are safer options out there than going to the bar and getting completely schlitzed now the working association of cannabis use with other substances among ages ages 21 to 25 requires further research but may suggest increased importance of cannabis specific prevention and treatment efforts oh they always say well we should always tell them not to use anything yeah but and again this is part of the prohibition problem right prohibition has enabled stupidity where people don't understand what drugs are like any chemical like you know when you've been lied to for how many years and and then you smoke your first joint whatever you're like what i didn't die what i don't want to like sell myself you know Mm -hmm. there's it's so crazy. So, uh, you know, uh, normal had a comment. Real world data from legalization states disputes long standing claims that cannabis is some sort of gateway substance. So, duh. <laughs> no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> yes, the uh, the PR on this one now is it's an exit drug. And I'm still saying it ain't a drug, it's an exit herb. You can yes. say it's the gateway to gardening. Um, but other than that, you know. Well, again, I mean, how you label drug, I mean, just. Again, it makes it sound bad, but everything's a drug, right? Water is a drug. Water is a drug. Especially when you're thirsty. Right. You know, we discussed something about business earlier on in this. Oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to use the uh, the Illinois one that we did about how to cannabis, or I'll just look through these because I, I didn't prepare anything. I was too busy actually doing it. Ugh. I remember like I was going to talk about an LOI in principle. Yeah. I don't have time to do that right now. We've, we've almost gone the whole hour. That's pretty good. That's oh, been a good talk, man. Uh, yep. Hey, yeah, and all those people that are watching, uh, and if you guys have been enjoying this or like downloading it, don't forget to, you know, smash some likes, uh, share this and tag your friends. Uh, you can also, don't forget to take us with you if you're going to go on them road trips or whatever, where you do the podcasting. If you're going to do the laundry and you don't want to like, you know, watch the show. Uh, you can get us on all the podcasts. Just look for Cannabis Legalization News Podcast. And then, of course, rate us five stars and then mean tweet at Miggy and me. Uh, I'm at Tom Weedlaw on Twitter and then at Cannabis Industry Lawyer on IG. You know, and I'm just Miggy 420. Miggy 420. And of course, if you want to get all the dank memes from Miggy, uh, he does have a Twitter handle. We should put up there one day. But then also, you could go to our Facebook page. It's facebook.com backslash. Free THC. It is shadow banned. Sorry. Yeah. No shit. We're trying for it not to be. You know. Got one last article um, in regards to popularity of uh, cannabis marijuana legalization. Cool. Marijuana legalization more popular in Texas and Governor Biden and other officials. New poll finds. This new poll shit out of Texas says that it is the most popular stuff. Eighty-three percent support medical cannabis and 60 percent said they're in favor of recreational wow texas really wants it to be legalized and support for medical cannabis crosses the party lines 91 percent of democrats 74 percent of republicans 85 percent of independents say patients should have legal access to cannabis that would be awesome if texas goes oklahoma again uh, or some semblance between oklahoma and new mexico or whatever mississippi's got cooking uh, some type of regulated but open market state. 
that's what they need right now. And again, for Texas, vote Beto because it needs to be, you know, I, I know they had some signature gathering of uh, stuff, but the process, the parliamentary process in Texas is the legislature. It's not your signature yeah. gatherers. So, yeah. And that was the other uh, main story that we saw this week as well, is that the vast majority of the uh, legislation that changes to legalize cannabis is not legislation. It is a ballot initiative that forces the government's hand. Uh, and on many of those states that uh, have already employed those to change the laws, they have been exhausted with the exceptions of Florida. And then um, uh, this fall, it's going to happen in, in two more. One of them is more looking like it's going to be legislative. Ohio is lo- looking like it's going to be more legislative and Missouri. Uh, and they also have the ability to do the ballot initiative. But <clears throat> the states that ha- don't have the ability to do the ballot initiative, they're pretty much getting exhausted. And so now it's going to be through the legislature or nothing. Uh, and then Florida keeps like just changing its rules to the ballot initiative to make it harder and harder to get there. Uh, well, they all do. Be for madness, man. That's there's no reason for it. There's no reason for you know putting hurdles for this legislation. For this legislation. Ah, anyways, man. choking on my own rage here, everybody. Yes. But you know, thank you so much for tuning in and for sticking around. Uh, I think we have a guest on Sunday. I'm not sure, but we'll we'll sign somebody up and then we'll see you then. And then, oh, of course, check out our clip show. We now have a clip show uh, because we aren't going to be doing, uh, we'll just do the long forms on here and the how to cannabis. And then on the clips, that's our backup channel, just in case something goes wrong. So uh, check out CLN News Clips. Uh, that should be uh, what the channel is. And we'll create a bumper for it or something. Right on. Little links. Until cool. next time. in those holes they're they're there in post they get there oh okay cool